All right. Y'all got your shit together yet? Yeah. No. No. Right. Never. Do we right. ever? Well, we're going to start anyway. All right. Here we go. All right. Here we go. We ready? I guess. <laughs> Welcome to M Vibes Podcast. Home of good music, good libations, and good vibes. Hey folks, it's Amanda here. Javier. And Eric. And, and Ernest. Ernest, there he is. Hello. <laughs> so, uh, what's everybody drinking tonight? Oh, uh, Javier. I'm drinking too. I'm drinking Hop Drop because it's the, pretty much the house beer here. And then I'm drinking, actually, you should know more about this. It's a triple, a Belgian triple that you handed to me the second I walked in. It is. Uh, we just released that at Pilot this past Friday. And I seriously, no joke, think that is the, the best beer we have ever made. In the really? Room. Yeah. I, I would, I would, it, it, I feel like it would stand up against anything from the country of origin. And it, I'm not even just saying that because I work there, like for real, like no, I truly hit, 100% believe that. To style, it hit every fucking mark. Absolutely. Flawlessly. I was going to say, yeah. is it I, I concur. reduced? It is gluten reduced. I'll take a sip later. Well, just do it now. Maybe there's going to be a later with it's me. All the, it's all, there's no, not going to be a later. I, I brought a can from my personal collection. It's not. Yeah, I can smell it. It's not behind. <laughs> it's not available here yet, yeah. but you know, I'm sure Jamie will order yeah. it at some point because he gets all things pilot because he's a smart man. Uh, what are you drinking? What it, what it, oh, oh, hot oh, drop and roll. Okay. So I'm drinking the Imperial Blood Orange Hot Drop and Roll. Ooh. And. We got us some whiskey set up here too, so yeah. I got the the basil because that's how we roll. Um, yeah. So I, I started out with the uh, Belgian triple, and now I'm on an imperial hop drop with whiskey. <laughs> so I'm gonna have a fun mor- morning tomorrow. Ooh. Yeah, this is gonna be a great episode. Yeah. yeah so Mama getting well, wasted. I'm drinking uh, taco chico, not taco. I I said taco. Topo. Topo. Topo Chico. Topo Chico. This is the best seltzers out Tropical there. Tropical mango. It's not bad. Yeah. Well, Topo Chico in general is mineral water. Yeah. You know, which is really good. I was drinking Hell Yeah prior to this, but, you know, change it up. Hell Yeah. Was hell that yeah. the last of the Hell Yeah? Did you get no, the last the, one? No, there's more. I'll, All right. I'll have more of this. Nope, but I did get the last Pilot Brewing traditional Gosa, oh. which is phenomenal. I love Gosas. I just got style. a shipment of gluten-free beer at, at the house uh, from a brewery in Wisconsin called Alt Brew. They brew all traditional-style beers gluten-free. You can't tell that they're gluten-free at all. Mm. Oh. I got a bunch of good... Oh, uh, yeah. That's one of the ones I tried Friday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, but oh, yeah. That was phenomenal. Armor Cow's really good at having their gluten-free not they, taste well, like gluten-free right, beer. But, I mean, hell yeah was the first yeah. one. I'm like, oh, hell love, yeah. This I, is good. It is good. Um, it seems like I'm sorry, Andy, if you hear this, he keeps making like the same beers over and over. So we need, we need <laughs> they're called flagships. Yeah, yeah, that's a thing. No, I know it is. But bro, he's had yeah, to be, no. and, and, to be profitable. And, and, he does not have a flagship. And Ken Grossman, if you're listening beer. right now, please Top. stop making Sierra Nevada Paleo because we've already had it on a million yeah. times. Hey, I'm just saying. I food. mean, top sellers. I mean. Pfft. What the hell? Screw this, guys. <laughs> Amanda. Hey, fuck and you I, guys. Oh, and you too. Oh, and I'm, <laughs> I'm also sipping on Basil Hayden, yeah, too. Yeah, so. yeah, we all are. Hence why we're all talking over yeah. each other at the moment. We haven't what? even gotten to the episode. 
Um, yeah, <laughs> all of us but Ernest, we had a bottle share last week. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, well, you showed up late, but yeah, you did show up. I brought stuff though. You did. Yeah. yeah. And the one, the one cider that we brought for you, you didn't even, you, we didn't even get to it. I've had it like a million times. So. The blueberry one. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. But it was pretty cool. We had beers from Texas and Mexico mm-hmm. and uh, some Native American uh, yep. beers. What else did we have? Um, um, I think some Michigan beer. I brought that weird Polish beer. sour slushy thing from that, Florida. Oh, yeah. yeah, that was not good. Yeah, I'm still mad at you about that. <laughs> I've got more of those. <laughs> well, you have fun. I'll bring them. And then the intern brought party. all the fucking hazy IPAs. They're all in my refrigerator right now. We drank one and it was said, fuck this. Well, and she's not here either. So you're uninvited, Kristen, to everything forever. You're still fired. Oh, she'd never <laughs> I'm just come. Kidding. She's, she she's, won't be, but she'll never come on again. Yes, she will. Yes, she will. Yes, she, she will. She loves us. She'll be here next week. Um. So today's episode. Looking forward to this. Whoo. This is, this is, I'm not going to lie, this, I've had some, I've been struggling with this because we're going to talk about the crimes, crimes is a strong word. Scandals. Scandals of Elvis Costello, which those of the five of you that listen to this <laughs> podcast on a regular basis understand that he is pretty much the love of my life. Um, so it was, it's, it's been kind of hard for me to be objective in the yeah, research it's be on this. a bit of a roller coaster, too. I mean, yeah, we, yeah. we've talked about him in every single episode. <laughs> but that's the thing. That's her thing. I know. So I, know. I, I mean, I have, no, I have him, like, tattooed on my arm. Like, yes. I just, I love him so much. I get thrown out of Blumenthal for jumping on stage during one of his concerts, and I, it was totally worth it. <laughs> um, I think He's I've on already- tour with Blondie right now, isn't he? No, he's on tour with Nicole Atkins, who lived in Charlotte for quite a while. Oh, shit. I didn't know that. Yeah. um, She's a good friend to a lot of local Charlotte musicians. She's sang um, backup vocals on his most recent record. Um, She also sang backup vocals for my my little brother's band. Oh, Um, really? Yeah. But that was because Mark, I mean, I'm sure y'all all know Mark Lynch that, you know, Charlotte and icon i guess if he's not even listening to this so he didn't care um <laughs> but he, he like he was really good friends with nicole and he was playing in the band with my brother and like they, they were they he he was recording for them he's like hey nicole come sing back up and now she's like super famous it's also worth mentioning that Eric is the guy who brought the Elvis Costello t-shirt to the Elvis Costello I was episode. Showing it off on camera. <laughs> he always, he's always that guy. I'll always be that guy. My closet is full of t-shirts. I'm that t-shirt guy. Every concert I go to, I get a million props on the shirt somewhere. I love it. I'm the I'm the person that has so many like brewery and beer t-shirts and oh, I have to like shove them down in the yeah. drawer to get the drawer shut. Late, late Saturday, we ended up at Slow Play and there was someone else who was doing the same thing with the t-shirt and the hat on. Who was that? Ryan Rivers. Really? Yeah. I'm like, oh, you're a total fanboy too, I guess. <laughs> so anyway, so, but I do like as much as I love Elvis Costello, like, with all my heart and soul, there, there are certain things that have been problematic throughout his career. And I feel like that we do need to discuss these things and not gloss over it. Um, do I think he's not like evil? I think he just did some dumb things. We all do dumb things. I do dumb shit every weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Probably not. Dumb shit tonight. uh, Probably. Yeah. Okay. 
that's not that's true. Yeah. Um. So we're gonna start out with a little bit more of the most lighthearted of his scandals. Well, it's probably one of the coolest punk rock things that I've ever heard oh, him doing. Oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah. I mean, it was it was pretty badass, but it did spark controversy, which is why we're going to talk did. about it. It got him banned for 12 years. So, yeah. Um, so, uh, Elvis Costello in uh, uh, December 12th, 1977. Same year Star Wars came out. I was so maybe... Two years after SNL started. Yeah. That was a brand new freaking show. He... Um, the Sex Pistols canceled. Could fuck them. I know. I I was going <laughs> to say that. And they asked Elvis Costello to fill their spot. So um, he had just signed with Columbia Records, and he was on tour. They're like, "That's that's perfect. Why don't you come in and play?" So, you know, he came in. He played. Uh, he was so. You, you know, artists don't get that much play on the show. They get like two or three songs and, right. and that's it. They normally um, get like two sets. Two, that's right. what I was say, yeah. So uh, Columbia no. Records wanted him to play uh, less than zero. <laughs> he he didn't want to play that. And he had seen Jimi Hendrix do something similar. So he said, uh, I just want to be remembered for being on Saturday Night Live. So um, as the song started, he yelled out to the band and they were playing less than zero which was a song about um uh a disgruntled british politician oslin oswald mosley formerly of the british union of fascists uh he didn't want to play that song so he uh was as the song started playing he yelled out stop 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 and they switched it over to radio radio which is a song about uh, commercial radio be taking over the airwaves as far as radio and TV shows go, and this how all that bullshit started. So, I thought that was pretty cool. I've I've seen it. Um, unfortunately, it's not on a Spotify, so we we can't play that version. But we will put a link on uh, of YouTube up on it. So, um, so how did do you know how the network and the show responded? They. There is a there's a rumor that the uh, producer of SNL sat in front of El Elvis Costello the entire time he played this song with his middle finger up. He got banned for 12 years because of this. So I thought that was pretty cool, man. Um, I'll never forget my dad had Spike when I was a kid. I'm like, what is this? Who is Elvis Cos Costello? And he's like, I don't even know where that tape came from. So I listened to Spike and I liked it. And then I didn't hear this song until many years, years later. But radio, it's a sad salvation. There's trees on. You, 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 you were told you better listen to the radio. And then eventually he did get invited back to SNL. Eventually. I think, I think it was like that. Was it the 25th anniversary or Something 30th like that, anniversary? Yeah. And then they he came on and played this with Beastie Boys. I did not see that. It's up on the you, you yeah. of tubes. YouTube's awesome for that stuff. 
So there, like, not only with Elvis Costello, there are a lot of artists who have been banned from SNL. Oh yeah, uh, not yeah. Cypress Cell for yeah. smoking the joint on there. Yes, Rage Against Rage. Yeah. Rage the Machine um, got, got banned. Yeah. Uh, Sinead O'Connor. Oh yeah, that was the most popular. That was the most famous one. Yeah. Fear. Yeah. Yeah. And that yeah. was like John Belushi was like yeah. obsessed with fear and wanted to bring them on. Um, replacements. Uh, Frank Zappa. Bowie. David Bowie. I didn't know Bowie. Really? Yeah. I knew Frank Zappa. But that's, you know, that's pretty punk what Elvis Costello did. But the producer sitting there giving him the fucking finger the whole time. That's pretty badass, too. Yeah. yeah. He's like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> Radio, radio. That song is so. Uh. Where's Elvis Costello from? Originally? Yeah. Well, he's Irish ancestry, but born in the UK. Okay. Well, England. Okay. That that, that uh, would be the UK. Well, (laughs) but that's the United Kingdom. His uh, his his legal name is Declan McManus. How do you get his name Elvis? Where did that? I mean, the same way that Engelbert Humperdinck got his. Have you guys Uh, seen that skit by uh, uh, Eddie Izzard? No. no, that's not his name. That's not his real name. I know it's not. His name is like Albert something or other. Yeah. And he has why this whole, would you pick that as they, your Oh, sp- you should watch it. Um, uh, again, Eddie Isher has a whole five-minute skit about how he imagined that interview went with his producer. How do you come up with Engelbert Humperdinck? <clears throat> it's funny. That's a cool-ass name, though. I'll take your word for <sighs> it. Humperdinck. That whole, that whole stand-up series is funny. Yeah, so he, he basically was like, so, well... Costello was his grandmother's maiden name. So that was a family okay. name. And he would just like just pick the name Elvis just to be a jackass. Because yeah. he's like, I'm going to name myself after the most famous rock and roll star ever. And I'm just going to be the antithesis of him. Rebellious. Well, Scandalous. yeah. That was yeah. great commentary on that. Hmm. <laughs> Cool story, bro. I'll tell it again. Pretty much, but that was the equivalent of a cool story, bro. <laughs> you asked. All right. You asked. X. Okay. So, um, so my quote unquote scandal is going to start with uh, probably, even though she refutes being, but you know, pretty much with the mother of all groupies, uh, BBBUL. No, she hates the term. She is not like to be referred to oh, as that's a what groupie. I'm saying. Yeah. Kind of like the, the trip hop guys that we talked about last week. She is mm-hmm. above being called a, a groupie. Like she's much more than a groupie. She's no, a she, muse. Whatever. Um, and it's pronounced BB, not baby or whatever. BBBUL. Yeah. BBBUL. Uh, but you know, but calling her only like a groupie, or even if she doesn't like it, uh, really would be a bit of a disservice to the footprint she's left in the world of rock and roll in general. Um, you know, she was also a model. Uh, she was also a rock star in her own right, really. Uh, a singer, uh, Playboy Playmate of the Month, uh, and obviously a mother, right? Like she was a lot of things, not just a fucking groupie. But she's mostly known for that, obviously. 
um, probably uh, most people that are not within the industry or not know a lot about the industry will probably know her as Liv Tyler's mom. That's that's you know she had. Well, Liv, Liv Tyler. Wait a minute! I didn't fucking know that. What? Really? really? Holy shit! Yeah. I'm swearing. You know, Liv has well, a sister named Mia too. Who's also I know who her dad is. Well, but, yeah. but, but Liv Tyler grew up thinking that Todd Rundgren was her mm-hmm. real dad. Did not know Steven Tyler was her dad. No, I didn't fucking yeah. know that. Oh, yeah. that's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, not really. It all makes well. If you're Liv Tyler, you get to a like, certain age and you realize your life is a lie. It's like, <laughs> I mean, it's like, dad, damn, my mom fucked everybody. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> originally when she moved to New York <clears throat> from whatever bum town she's from, I forgot. I don't know if she's from anymore. I read it, but I didn't retain it. So uh, she wanted to be a singer. She wanted to be she wanted to be the, the, the singer, the star. Right. But, you know, she was a very attractive young girl, especially well, she her- originally moved to New York to become a model. And then right. other people but were telling looked, her like she had a right. good voice and she could be a singer. Right. She's like, no, I'm just an accessory. I'm not. A, I'm not a star. And then following that with posing for Playboy becoming a centerfold, that's kind of what attracted the barrage of rock stars flocking to. I'm gonna her. have to find that. I've not seen that either. So, okay. What her naked? Yeah, it's not that hard to find. I'm sure it's not. <laughs> I want to own, own it for some <laughs> private time. Yeah, that's gonna be. I mean, I can probably just Google that for you. No, not not not, not right no, now. Not, not right, right now. now. Whenever Eric has to take a bathroom break, excuse <laughs> me, guys. I'll be back in a minute or two, three. Um, concession break. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> at least five minutes. At least. Uh, Moving on. Yeah. So over the next. <laughs> Four decades, right? Over the next, the next, pretty much, you know, the the next forty years, BB, uh, you know, has been known to date some of the biggest heavyweights in the in the rock scene uh, of the time. Uh, you know, and some of these names include Mick Jagger, uh, Jimmy Page. She um, claimed she said that she never slept with Jimmy Page. She just that's not not in her autobiography. Well, that I read a different quote, yeah. which is why she is problematic. But we'll yeah. talk about that in a minute. Um, Iggy Pop, David Bowie, Steven Tyler, obviously, because they reproduced. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> but, you know, despite it all, and even being considered one of the uh, most famous groupies of all times, you know, up there with other groupies like Sable Star and Cynthia Plastercaster. Um, Plastercaster. Which we were supposed to do, Tani. Yeah, Tani Katan. We were supposed to do an episode oh. on groupies, which I'm still hoping that we find a way to do it. Because the more I read into this, it gets deep. It gets, it gets yeah. really deep and yeah. really it it it's kind of fucked yeah, up. It like is. it's really fucked up. And when we first started talking about doing that episode, it was just like we thought it was like all oh, this sex, drugs, and rock and roll kind of thing. And it's like no, it's not because some of these women were very young. Yeah. Um, but unlike most of those other, um, you know, self-described groupies that I just mentioned, she actually completely, like we stated earlier, rejects the term groupie. Um, and uh you know of herself uh, viewing herself as a groupie uh she saw herself more as a muse to all the artists she dated and she was very vocal about this shit like she she really viewed herself more than uh of a talent collaborator with the men that she was dating or fucking or whatever she was doing um which you know in a way is kind of cool because you kind of take something that's or has become kind of derogatory and you flip it and you but obviously most of those artists are like uh cuckoo no the hell that's not true I mean, I'm all for for like sexual empowerment for women, right? And I, but I don't like a lot of the stuff I've been reading about her. It, she seems very narcissistic and mm-hmm. like just very like 
like she was just like i am so pretty and funny everybody should love me kind of mentality and i'm all for women embracing their sexual power and like having sex just for the sake of having sex and having being free and having fun with it right but i don't i don't i just I need it. Sorry, I need, I need to take a moment. Right. Go ahead. Back, back sorry. on track. Sorry. Back sorry. on track. Um, so yeah, but you know, despite like all her famous love interests, nobody um, has had more of a train wreck of a relationship with her than Elvis Costello, which is obviously what we're talking about now. Um, in in her own 2001 autobiography, Rebel Heart: An American Rock and Roll Journey. Okay. Uh, she, <laughs> she called her relationship with Elvis as a quote tempestuous, genuinely wrenching love affair that flashed off and on for years and ended about as badly as such a thing can end, end quote. Well, that's how she described her relationship with Elvis Costello, which, you know, once you kind of start reading and kind of going down that rabbit hole, it was pretty messed up, man. Um, their first sort of love escapade started in 1978 and it ended pretty quickly in 1979, but then they kind of rekindled that relationship back in 82. Um, around this time, Elvis was on a bit of a hiatus from his actual wife, uh, Mary, um, with whom, by the way, he married and divorced three times. So tells you a little bit more about Elvis Costello too. Uh, and Mary, obviously. Uh, but in 84, uh, BB became pregnant with his child, with Elvis Costello's child. Um, then, you know, about the pregnancy, Elvis told her that he did not believe in abortion, but he would have nothing to do with the child. So he's like, uh, like, I don't want you to get an abortion, but fuck you and fuck off. Like, fuck you, dude. But that, that, that's debatable too. I mean, he, he was raised Irish Catholic, so he probably like, and that's something I'm struggling with too. Like, I don't know if he still adheres to that belief system. Um, I hope he doesn't. Because he is very like forward-thinking, liberal-minded kind of person. I, but like what he says and what she says are two very different things. And and there's a lot of like he said, she said, going on with a their lot. relationship. A lot. Because she claims that all of these songs he wrote about her, and he's like, "No, I absolutely yeah. did not write these songs about her. She's reading into this. She wants to make it about her and." So like I don't know if I could trust what either one of them says. And basically what it what it comes down to at the end of the day, the only two people that know what happened are them. What are the two of them? And probably Mary. I'm pretty sure. He and, told yeah, because <laughs> he was he was having an affair. Yeah. Um which is not okay. Right. So I mean, regrettably, um, by her own admission, she then made a decision to proceed with the abortion. Um, you know, later on when uh, when he found about uh, her decision to have the abortion and also the last time we spoke, I think that was in 85, Elvis told her that she had nothing to say to her and called her a murderer. Again, wow. I don't even quote that because that's just what I read. Uh, but in Rebel Heart, the, bio- the autobiography, BB also has stated that Elvis was not only great lay in bed, but the love of her life. I mean, this, this book was released uh, not too long ago, so... So I'm saying if you're going to call somebody the love of your life. Right. And then accuse them of like, it's contradictive. Right, exactly. It is, yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, and you know, to your point, she has made claims that um, their relationship was a, a, a per, you know, like their relationship together was a, a very pervasive uh, inspiration for Elvis's work. She claims that the title of his album "Blood and Chocolate" came from her habit of asking for a chocolate bar when she was on her period, which obviously he's like, no. Um, but she has been making these claims since they first met, you know, and to this day she makes them. So. So the song that's playing now is I Want You Off of Blood and Chocolate. Right. Which she claims was... Written about her. Yeah. But he says no. This is a great song, by the way. This is... Like I said earlier, this song yeah. is Sex on the Stick. Yeah. I want you Your fingernails go dragging down the wall was this song written by him? Yes. Okay. I want you. I woke up and one of us was crying. I want you. It does kind of sound like it's about her, though. Yeah, but you can say that about any relationship. Sure, yeah. And here, the, the, you know what, though? And I, I'm sure she's not the only one. He was with. Oh, absolutely not. Uh, but so this is the thing like I he says none of these songs were about her. She says they were all about her. And I think they're both full of shit. <laughs> I think they like there were songs and lines and songs that he may be denying were about her. I want you. But there's no way you went through that level of a tumultuous relationship and being an artist who writes songs about all these things and you didn't. It certainly doesn't sound like the relationship was as meaningful or impactful for him that it was for her. But I also think she's problematic too because she wants to like, like be involved with all these different people and I'm not saying that in a slut shaming kind of way but like, she's like it's like obviously not an innocent neither one of them were innocent they were right. both problematic and then you know there was like lots of heavy emotions involved in all of this so of course it's going to influence his art Oh my god, so fucking good. It is. This fucking song's just amazing. Beautiful. Oh, I've been on an Elvis Costello cake for the past three weeks. My Spotify is been playing out on a squeeze and Elvis Costello for some reason. I, I didn't ask it to. It just started doing it. I want you go on and me, then we'll let it drop. Hell yeah. I want you. Like, Kate's like pantomiming who needs a oh, shot yeah. <laughs> even though we've told her repeatedly she can talk yeah. <laughs> like every patron here has been on the podcast un- unknowingly pretty much 
cleared out in here. To know the things you did that we do too. I want you. I want to you. Man, this song is so fucking sexy. <laughs> Can't even take it. It's gonna take a cue from Eric and go rub one out in the bathroom. Real quick. <laughs> I'm gonna find those pictures Good thing online. You have two bathrooms. <laughs> Watch your stepping earlier. Later. Oh, <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Slip and slide. <laughs> it's soap. It's soap. Oh, Amanda, we didn't know you could do a split. Oh, oh Jesus Christ. Oh my God, so gross. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. No one who wants you could want you more. And just to wrap this up before we move to a you know bit of a darker theme, really, you know, for his part, um, in regard to the claims that we sort of wrapped up that portion with that she's been sort of the muse and inspiration to a lot of his music, you know. Uh, he went as far to write in the liner notes of um Armed Forces, which was released in 1979, which is around the same time that they started doing this, and, and she already started making these claims. Um, he quotes, uh, she turned up with eight pieces of luggage like a mail-order bride and moved in. I was too stupid and vain to resist. And, you know, again, to those claims that she was her muse, he said that most of the... Um, no, not most. All of the songs in that album were already written by the time they met uh, and goes on to call her delusional. So, again, yeah. he said, she said. And that's kind of, you know. I mean, I've had some girls that I've dated in high school that were nuts. I mean, they. High school? High school. Shit, I dated. Ask my like, mom about a girl named. <laughs> it's an adult. Rochelle. <laughs> I mean, we've all had those partners. We've all been in yes. relationships with people who were super problematic. She would call and hang up, call and hang up. Two o'clock in the morning, call and hang up. I, I kept telling mom, man, that's not her. That's not her. And then she called once and forgot to hang up. I could hear her talking in the background. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, it was her. Yeah, all right. I mean, I have stories, but that's not what we're here to talk that's a about different today. Pod- that's a different yeah, podcast. That's a different <laughs> podcast. Um, so, I, in, in, in true Amanda fashion, I <laughs> found the most problematic subject to talk about. Um, we're going to talk about Elvis Costello's racist comments. No. And this is really, really rough for me because, in, you know, I'm woke as fuck. Um, but so probably the worst thing that he ever did was he made a lot of racist comments towards Ray Charles and James Brown. So it happened in March 15th, 1979. Costello was shit-faced in the hotel bar of a Holiday Inn. Like, really? Could we, like, like we couldn't find better accommodations at this point? He's only, like, 24 years old. This is the beginning of his career. Um, so he's sitting there with his band, shit-faced at the bar. Stephen Stills from Buffalo Springfield, Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Later on, Crosby, Sills, and Nash and Young, they come in. I guess they all had gigs in the same 
town. And, and so, wouldn't that be a cool place to live, though? I mean, all those artists had the same shows in the same town. I mean, same, could you see Stephen Stills and and Elvis Costello in the same night? That'd be pretty badass. But yeah. so so Elvis was really fucking drunk, and Stephen Stills waltz in with his band and he decides that because he's trying to be abrasive to say the most offensive shit he could possibly think of to say so he starts saying these i'm not even going to say the word because it's not okay um am i going to say the quote you can google it but he says really really racist stuff and Steven Stills, like being, you know, the kind of this peaceful hippie kind of dude, was like, I'm peacing out, dudes, I'm out of here. And he leaves. So the backup singer for Steven Stills at the time was Bonnie Bramlett. And whenever Elvis Costello started spouting off all this racist stuff, she got super pissed, backhanded his ass off the bar stool, and fractured his shoulder blade. And he ended up in a splint, which I'm kind of like, yeah, girl. Hell yeah. Uh, and he oh. deserved it. And there was a lot of accusations towards her for her, like, saying um, these things to the press about him, like, because she was trying to get herself notarized again and and to get herself publicity. And I've got mixed feelings about that because she was the first white ICAT like Tina Turner and Ike. Mm-hmm. She was the first white backup singer for them. She also, her and her, um, she was in a group, Delaney and Bonnie. They were the first white artists that were signed to Stax Records. So she had a lot of African-American influences in her music and if you listen to her solo stuff she sounds very soulful it's very i don't think i ever heard any of her music i I, well i didn't either until i until i was researching this episode and i listened to it she's very soulful what was her name again bonnie bramlett i'm gonna look that up she's extremely Mm -hmm. talented but she was also like aligned with eric clapton oh some more racism yeah right so it's like (laughs) I'm, so I'm like, I, I don't know where I stand on this because like, you know, whenever people are saying like, oh, she just was saying all this negative stuff about Elvis Costello to get herself in the press. I'm like, no, nah, you know, she called him out because he did stuff he shouldn't have done. He said stuff he shouldn't have said. What's, I know but, you don't want to read it. Where's the quote? Hmm? What's the quote? Let me see it. What her quote? No, his. It's oh no, I'm quote. not. I'm not. Oh, I didn't say, I oh thought, I'm not saying it because there are words that I don't say. I know. We just okay. All right. Because there, there, there's a word we in both of those words. I get it, but that's just the, that's the only yeah. word you don't say. Yeah. Well, like, he called James Brown a jive ass. Okay. And then he called Ray Charles a blind ass. Gotcha. And Ray Charles even said, like, because he, Ellis Costello tried to reach out to Ray Charles and say, like, hey, I want to talk about this with you. And and, and Ray Charles, and then Ray Charles was like, yeah, okay, we'll talk about it. But Elvis Costello declined the invitation because he felt like super ashamed for what he said. And Ray Charles said, um, drunk 
talk shouldn't be printed in the paper. Mm, but sometimes, sometimes you say what you really fucking mean when you're drinking. Yeah, so, and, right. And, but and, but and the operative word there, the operative word. Not yeah. that I'm trying to justify or defend anybody of that, but the right. operative word is sometimes, right? Yeah. Like you said, sometimes you are a little more emboldened just to be egregious, just for the sake of being egregious, and you mm-hmm. take it too far. Not because you necessarily feel that way, just because. You don't know how, you know, again, you're lowering right. your inhibitions. You know how far to push the envelope before right. you actually knock it off that fucking table. I don't care how drunk I am. You'll never hear that word. Yeah, me neither. Exactly. That's, yeah. what, that's yeah. what I'm and, saying. And, and like, I, well, I mean, sometimes you just get yelled at. <laughs> I get yelled at I a mean, lot. there's the, most, most people walk around the face of the planet have said something that's sexist or racist mm. or homophobic or any of those other things at, in, out of anger or drunkenness or whatever. And, that doesn't make it okay. And I'm not saying anything that Elvis Costello said was okay, but he's apologized for it. And I feel like, okay, so I'm going to go back to the Eric Clapton thing for a second, because the whole rock against racism thing spawned out of Eric Clapton's racist rants at a concert Mm -hmm. in 76. Elvis Costello played. Sorry. Yeah, the Clash. I brought the Clash up. There we go. Yeah, yeah. the Clash was with the band that yeah. orchestrated all this, and it was after it was because of the aftermath of what Eric Clapton it said. Was, yeah. And Elvis Costello played this concert, and for him, was this when, after or before? Before. Okay. Before, and he has like aligned himself with black musicians and and the fucking specials. I mean, yeah, right. He produced yeah. the um. Oh yeah. The yeah. Uh, Nelson the, Mandela. Yeah. For the specials, like he's obviously not a racist person. He was just being a fucking asshole. And he's apologized for it. He's worked with many black artists. And I have struggled about like how I would find the words to talk about this as a white woman. Because I don't want to be that white woman that aligns himself with a white man to defend their racist comments. I do not condone anything that he said. You know... I have a friend who keeps saying shit like that, and we've given her chances over and over. And she's going, you know, I'm not like this. I'm not like this. But again and again, it keeps coming up again. And we're like, you know what? We're done with you. No more apologizing. No more. I didn't mean that. I was being, you know, I was mad. I'm like, you keep doing it. We're done with you. So no, and anger doesn't justify hate speech. No, right? Yeah. Even like like just to use a prime example last week when I mentioned that that um, bottle shit we're at, I made yeah. a joke that was off color and you laughed. Amanda, I'm pointing at Amanda because you can't see us through the TV, uh, and you said that's not funny. Don't say it again. Like that shit mm-hmm. stuck in my head because obviously that was out of line. I pushed the envelope too. Right. I don't remember what the joke was, but but I was drunk and I mean enough that I I don't remember my, either. I was yeah. drunk. I don't remember <laughs> you that. told me flat out you weren't there. Yeah. You weren't there yet. But you told me I can't remember what it was. It was it was it was me apologizing to him about the whole yelling joke that we keep making. Oh yeah. Um, when I gave him the record, and, and I can't remember exactly what it was, but I made an off-color joke, and you're like, "No, that's." But like, even in my drunken stupor, I remember that shit because obviously that shit should stick with you. It if, bothers you, huh? Right. It, 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 it should bother you that you made something you. bad think- enough that somebody had to call you out for it. Yeah. Right. And I think that Elvis Costello was called out. He was bothered by it. I do not, in my 
my does, heart of hearts believe that he is a racist person. I, does, he's not. Does Elvis remember saying that, or was he too drunk? To oh no, he it? he remembers it. He he has addressed it. He addressed it in his book. Like he has apologized for it. He's worked with numerous black artists, and it, it and if the, these black artists like really thought that he was a racist person, why would they work right. with him? Right. So follow up question then. Is this the only, is this an isolated incident? It or is, is an isolated It's So I will bring up Oliver's Army because he does drop the N-word in Oliver's Army and he has taken it out of his, um, his uh, playlist because it does have that word, but the song had nothing to do with African-American people. Doesn't Bob Dylan drop it in the hurricane too? Yes. So yes, does Jello Biafra and Exceed Cervenka. Yeah. Well, Exceed Cervenka is a total racist turf. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah I said it. And, and you really? get to the people who get away with it who aren't black, like Cypress yeah. Hill, yeah. who gets away with it, well, like Be Real so gets away with half it. Black. No, he's Mexican. He's well, I mean, I still, Mexican. I, I still have a problem with it in all the gangster rap. I mean, it just, yeah. it's prevalent. Yeah. Uh, no, Be Real's just Mexican. When he says that word in this song particularly, it, it, it's about Irish immigrants, the Irish Catholics. And how they were treated. And it has nothing to do with African Americans at all, but it came under fire because of his hotel incident. It's actually an anti-war song. It's in reference to Oliver Cromwell's, like, taking over Ireland. But he decided to not play it anymore because it was a trigger word for so many people. And he was like, I can't, I don't want to, like, not address this and not be sympathetic to how this makes people feel. Which says to me that he is not a racist person. He was just being a dumb asshole. Went in the bathroom. I mean, we're gonna like get if people are gonna get bent out of shape about this song whenever you have like the Rolling Stones doing Brown Sugar, which is about the whipping of slave girls, which is uncalled for. Right. And they have taken it out of their repertoire. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Read the lyrics. It's Fetishistic and not just a it sexual way, but in a racial way and in all sorts of. It is super fucked up. I mean, that dark wave level shit. And, <laughs> and even Mick Jagger said, maybe one day we'll bring it back out of retirement. And it's about the beating and raping of black women. That's fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, wait, wait, and wait a second to compose here. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Elvis Costello himself has taken Oliver Darmody out of his set list and has asked radio stations to stop playing it because he didn't want, like, because even though it wasn't referring to African Americans, he just didn't want anybody to feel upset about it and to be is, hurt by it. So he's like, please the, stop it. The detectives on this playlist. No. No, because it wasn't relevant. I think it is. That's my favorite song. That's not relevancy. That literally is the opposite of relevancy. (laughs) No, that's that's, that was a huge, huge hit for him, though. It was. Oh, bless your heart. Uh, (laughs) I'm leaving. I'm leaving. Hmm. (laughs) I think, you know, despite it all, I think, you know, one of the I don't know we keep harking or I keep harking back to that groupies episode you know as, as the most as we go through through these genres and things and artists like we discover that you know rock and roll has this very toxic unhealthy sides and you know um y- you know at one point do you take sort of the artist and you separate it from the art right or the personal and you separate it from the art and then where do you draw the line right they're you know, talking about like I know you and I have discussed like Eminem and Chris Brown Right. Or we've discussed uh, Morrissey and and Eric Clapton. And now mm-hmm. this like at one point, it's like I'm a huge Elvis Costello fan. Like in every mm-hmm. aspect, I didn't know as much about his personal scandals. And I'm sure there are more as this. Has it changed my like or dislike? I mean, no, Duke, not Duke really. Was married three times. But you know what? So was Stephen Stills. And right. Eric Clapton was married twice. And his second wife was like. 18 Jerry Lee Lewis I'm a huge fan I mean there's like 10 year old cousin there's a a lot of problematic stuff going on in the rock and roll industry and like where do you where do you draw the line between appreciating the art right and and condemning the person it it, it depends on how severe I suppose that issue is to you like I for me I hands down it shouldn't refuse just be to like, do anything with Morrissey. I don't care what anybody says. It's just me. That's a, that's a serious issue to me. Um, you know, I just, I don't, I don't deal with that shit. But like, I, I don't know if it's going to make me sound horrible, but like, I don't have the same issue with Eminem, even though you told me exactly why you were completely and will never talk about this guy on the show because of how sensitive that is to you, right? And I don't know if that's a little I mean, the of guy insensi- was rapping about murdering his mother. Right. Like, that's not okay. Right. And I agree with you 100%. That that also goes back to, and I brought this up in my bio episode, Detroit Wicked Shit. So it's not necessarily an episode, a song about killing his mom. It's just the shit that they rapped about in that city. Horrorcore. Yes. Yeah, horrorcore. Yes. Which we have an episode on at some point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah, those lyrics lyrics are extreme, but still doesn't make it right. Right, yeah, so it's I mean, not justifiable. The insane clown posse were perhaps about some fucked up shit. Esham yeah, does. Like all those guys do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry, I brought it up some bad stuff. Sorry. Um. So yeah, I mean, I think for me, for Elvis Costello, with everything, because you know, you know, someone who does that to a woman, as far as what I covered with the abortion, I mean, that's a fucking shitty human yeah, being. Yeah. Right. I mean, now that we discussed the whole isolated incident. I don't feel as terrible about it because I've said ins- I've said insensitive shit under the influence. I feel of bad about wearing this shirt now. I should, I, I should go take it but, off. But I wonder if like, but I don't know if I necessarily trust what she said. And sure. I, I'm not trying to like 
obviously I'm feminist and pro-woman and I'm not trying to degrade anything that somebody has accused somebody of doing, but based on the information from what we've gathered from her other like outlets, like other things she said, I don't necessarily trust everything that comes out of her mouth. So, and I don't want to be like aligning myself like, like that, but I just, yeah, I don't, I don't trust what she said. She, she's, she's been problematic in many, many other forms. Yeah. I mean, she deserves her own episode really. Cause I mean, uh, as I yes. started going down fucking rabbit hole, I was like, Ooh, yeah, this is a lot. There's a lot here. of stuff. Even there, in yeah. this one, I know, you know, cause we're typically limited to 45 minutes to an hour. Even in this, we could have done a whole hour on just this one situation on with him and, and BB. Like, like it, it went, it goes a lot deeper than just, the superficial coverage I gave it. Oh, that was so much drama. Yeah. So much. And that's why we go back to like the, he said, she said stuff. And they're probably both extremely guilty. Yeah. Well, I think that's all we're going to cover for today with the three, uh, with the three, uh, uh, scandals, quote unquote scandals. Uh, did anyone do anything cool since our last episode? That's what I was going to go to next. We need a bit of a palate cleanser now. Yeah, we do. I, (laughs) I spent the weekend in Greenville with the intern. Uh, we had a blast. Uh, we, uh, we left Friday night. Uh, we hit a bunch of breweries and Saturday we, um, uh, we did an art walk and a couple other things. We didn't see any live music though, uh, but we went to a bunch of different breweries. Uh, then we came back Sunday and it was, it was pretty cool. Did you hit um, Birds Fly South or is that? We did, and I hope nobody from there is listening. Every beer was fucking disgusting. Really? Oh, uh, I know because wow. we were like excited. Was one of yeah. our, that's our fr- that you go to Greenville, you go to Birds Fly South because they right. are the shit. Yeah, yeah. horrible. Everything. Really? No yeah. shit. Okay. So we had to walk away. We we're like, all right, we're not doing this anymore. Did you go to A State? No, we skipped A State. We went to, we made the mistake of going to Thomas, um, Thomas, Thomas Creek. Creek. Yeah. I love that place. Oh, oh you should went to A State. Uh, so we went to uh, Velo, uh, uh, Velo Gentleman, Velo Baron. Velo, it's, it's really cool. It's underground. Mm. We're walking down one of the roads and we're like, oh, look, this is brewery. And it's just this like, little tiny speakeasy looking door and we walked down this very seedy hallway and then it opened up to this cool almost like speakeasy looking that's awesome retro bar. it was cool as fuck um we went to uh southern side that was really cool we went to uh nick two two stamp stamp two stamp point that's like this whole retro 90s vibe thing going really cool that's where they uh, laser printed our photo on a uh on the on the foam of a rear so we took a picture, we sent it to them, and they like laser printed it on the foam of our of our uh, Keller beer. Hell yeah, that that's was awesome. really cool. Oh yeah, I saw the pictures yeah, of that. I was like yeah. super jealous. I'm like, ah, yeah. I want my picture in a <laughs> beer. But no, foam. no live shows, no music. No. Uh, this is coming next week. I'm gonna go to some some live shows. So. Oh, did you uh, did you visit the meadery over by Birds Fly South? No, we were supposed to and get you some meat, but we met up with some of her friends from like grammar school or something and then like we just went and got you drunk. know what that'll be a trip for us to go on yep. so there yeah. you go that's a pretty cool spot there yeah, they that have old, really good mead that there. old train depot yeah. yeah that's the one that i brought you last yeah, year when i've I not had there. any bad mead from them so yeah i'm kind of looking forward to going there what about you amanda oh 
shit. I ain't, got, I ain't done a damn thing. She tweeted her garden. Tell us about your cats, Amanda. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't even want to talk about my cats. Oh, I forgot about your cat. I'm sorry. It's yeah. fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> okay, we're going to have to mute her mic while she breaks down. Eric, what did you do? <laughs> what did I do? Um... Saturday night, I went and saw a fucking phenomenal metal show. Um, Hatebreed, mm. Black Wait, Label I Society, you said phenomenal, and Anthrax. Listen, I like Anthrax. Hey, I like Anthrax. No, I will tell you, I'm not a huge fan. I mean, one out of three ain't bad. No, I'm not. A, <laughs> I'm, I'm not a huge fan of Black Label Society. I like their sound, but Zach Wild's voice bothers me. Um, <laughs> It's just that whiny, ah, whatever. He's the um, Billy Corgan of metal. I guess so. <laughs> now I'm not going to ever get that out of my head. If he ever comes in here, he'll whoop all our asses. But uh, whatever, I'll Anthrax, fucking, I'll fucking breast. Dude, it stuff. was so worth the money, man. Anthrax played everything. They played a song off for every single nice, album. Nice, nice. They they killed the man. Did they play man. Bring the Noise? Yes, they did. Oh. They only played the first verse. Look at that so sexy with that there one. Was, <laughs> there, had, there had been dates on, that on the open. tour where Chuck D showed up. And I was like, please let tonight be tonight. What about you, Ernest? You didn't show up, so. I ain't doing nothing. <laughs> I did go. Uh, I mean, uh, there was a seven-year anniversary for Main Street Bottle Shop down in Rock Hill. That oh, was, yeah. That was, uh, uh, that, what's his name was there? That was with us. Uh, Ryan Rivers Ryan, was yeah. there. Yeah. But uh, Aaron was back in town who owns that. I mean, he lives in Kentucky now, so it was good to see him. And, oh, cool. Yes. A guy just walked by with a macho man sweatshirt on and said, with the cream of the crop. Is that why you were elbowing me? I got excited. That was definitely Sorry. not worth pointing out. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Snap right. into a Slim Jim. Snap into it. Hogan. Sorry. All right. And with that, we are out. We're out. A huge shout out to our gracious host, Tommy's Pub. Located at 3124 East Wade Drive, Tommy's Pub is a small neighborhood bar that's big on music and community. Go to Tommy's Pub's Facebook page where they regularly provide updates about upcoming events to include weekly open mic night, karaoke, and live music from some of the best up-and-coming bands in the Queen City. Thank you, Tommy's Pub, for hosting M Vibes Podcast. We have a lot of interesting episodes coming up about music's most interesting topics, but we want to hear from you and what episodes you'd like to hear. If you have an idea for anything we should talk about, email us at mvibespodcast at gmail.com. This episode was produced by BWM Productions and researched by Eric, Amanda, and Javier. If you like our podcast, please help us by rating and reviewing us on your favorite listening platform. And follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Mbias Podcasts. Come on and join in the conversation. Yeah.